0: to the talk of spirit anime cast my name is Andrew and I'm doing here with Chris yo and this is our final segment of our 2016 deliberations uh, not really deliberating here it's just more of a we're gonna go through pretty much the top moments of the 2016 year calendar of anime so everything from winter 2016 back in January all the way up until basically right now <laughs> as, as, the, as the shows finally end and our, our lists are now finally completed Uh, But yeah, we're just going to run through each season and talk about our favorite moments of each show. So suffice to say, it's going to be full on spoilers. So if you are very, very sensitive to spoilers, um, this is probably not going to be too fun for you because you're going to be basically listening for what shows we bring up and skipping forward a lot. Um, I will will attempt to do timestamps. I'm not going to guarantee it because there's a lot of shows to go through and I'm not sure if I'll have time to do it. So you can check your little thing and see if there's timestamps in there, your podcast by tapping the album art or going to the website to the article for this. Um, but again, I'm not gonna guarantee it because it's gonna be a lot of work to to get all those timestamps in there for like what a 200 shows. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so I'm probably gonna say right now, I'm probably not gonna do it. Um, so sorry, but uh, yeah, hopefully it's be fun for people. Just like I said, just skip forward if you if you're here a show that you don't want to hear anything about, and uh, we'll we'll. Anyways, we're gonna start off with uh, with Ajin in the winter 2016 season. That's the first show we have. We have active right above there, but we have no moments listed under that. That's a big shock. Yeah, Ajin <laughs> <laughs> Demihuman. So if you have not watched Ajin Demihuman, uh, you'll want to run away at this point. And skip forward. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess the uh, the big kickers here is definitely the first scene. I this is one of those things where. Uh, when I read the manga beforehand, I was like, man, this guy is nuts. Sato is nuts. I cannot wait for this to be adapted. I'm kind of afraid they're going to do it right. And then i got Chris on board. We're watching it together, and I'm like, here's the scene. Let's see if they pull this off. And they do it a little bit different because I think in the sh- the, the manga, he just chops it off. Whereas in the show, he literally, like, braces against the wall and just takes out this. And, of course, if you don't know, what is, Sato is this guy who is... Uh, he can't die. He's a nausean. So all he really has to do if, and the only way they can seem to take him down is by tranquilizing him. So the way that he keeps that from happening or the tranquilizer hitting, he, of course, cuts the blood from that point. So he gets shot in the arm. He braces to the wall and just takes out a machete and just chops his arm yep. off. Yep. And then he takes him down. They knock him down. He shoots himself and they all think he's done. But then he gets back up and just takes out the rest of him. It was a really, really violent, but really awesome scene. Uh, but only topped... It seems like it's one of those things that they have to keep topping themselves after something like that. Um, so, yeah, my, definitely one of my most entertaining was definitely Sato writing the building down. And, of course, this was, again, another change in the manga. Of course, they had him actually fly a plane into a building, which can't really do that right now post 9-11. So they decided to instead do a building on top of building. So it was, like, really one of those moments where I'm like, I know they're not going to do the plane, And they end up doing something that is just as nuts, because he's on the top floor, on the roof, (laughs) riding it all the way down. So it had the same effect of either plane or building. Either way, Of Sato just being epic? Being epic, (laughs) yeah. Of course, I also like the the rotation shooting in the head thing that they were doing, just trying to keep him down. That whole scene was just... I didn't know how they were going to portray that as well, so... But you have another one on there. I think you put that on there. Did I? I thought you did that. I could have. I I
1: I I agree. It, the grandma of uh, what, what's his name? He ends up uh, meeting this old lady and starts calling her uh, grandma. And at some point, uh, she's getting held host- hostage, and she just gives them all kinds of smack. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, because uh, he he sees that they're all surrounding them and they're out in the field. And so he's like, sorry, Grandma, I got to take you hostage kind of thing. And she's like, oh, I don't mind. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it was really dorky. Uh, but yeah, really cool. I can't wait for more. More Ajin. Uh, I guess I can move on to I got a quick one for Awakana, And it's not really heavy spoiler, but uh, Awakana for Rhythm Across the Blue. Uh, This one was the the one scene, of the, and I didn't favor the show too much, but there was one thing I really, really liked in that show, and that was Mashiro and uh, her relationship with Rika, which basically they have this Tsunede girl who's trying to keep up with everybody else who's really, really good at the sport. And she befriends Rika and tries to get her to teach her how to do the sport better. And uh, they kind of have a really cool relationship. And towards the end, they have this whole moment where they're She's kind of leaving her behind at her house, and she just kind of goes, "Here, you should really have this kind of thing." And she does it in a voice like the character saying it, like you should take this as a token of friendship or something like that. She's like, "Yeah, I'll be a friend." And it was it was really really cute. I liked it. Yep. Assassination Classroom Two. I'm gonna assume these are all you because they're in lowercase. Well, it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, know they was his because I think lowercase. they I think they were all
1: blocked out at one point, and then you caught up, and so I I unblocked them. Um, I have. Uh, <laughs> I have her down as, her, as the name that everybody calls her, bitch, let say, but um, we try not to call her that. Um, but her betrayal and then being betrayed, I thought that was a really great episode. Uh, was that, that was, it, it's naturally in the second season 30s or something like yeah. that. Yeah, was she, way late. <laughs> she uh, goes ahead and betrays the kids and, uh, and joins with this random well, he, guy. No, it wasn't
0: random. He he joined with the guy. She was, she was basically going back to her old ways. She was being an old assassin. And so she joined up with, the, of course, the guy that was betrayed by Kuro-sensei back in the past. And that whole dorky thing.
1: And then, uh, and then they betrayed... Uh, that guy betrayed her. And then... He betrayed her. <laughs> it was all kinds of crazy stuff. It, so yeah, I li- I, li- I liked that uh, that particular episode. It was
0: really kind of crazy. It's only it's only ex- accented because I love her relationship with the the, the head on. guy. I mean, I he, actually that was his way <laughs> way too adorable. I love the that ending part. Like, so I guess I can't send you out on a mission or something like that, or I, I should or I shouldn't send you out on the mission, and she's all excited about. It. No, it was before that. It was the whole thing of getting her place in her his apartment. She's like. Like, living together? It's like, well, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I also have down... Uh,
1: well, I have Kuro-sensei's reveal and then Kanade, or Kaide kan- Kayano's reveal, which is the green hair girl, which, of course, to me, that was e- easily the highlight of the entire show. I thought that... Her Which isn't final saying review. much to
0: the rest of the show though. <laughs> that was like it was sad though. Is it's one of those things where it's like the three you list here is pretty much most of the show for me. Like that was yeah. like the only real and entertaining points of it was those points. I'm, I'm being negative. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> the, well, it was. It was really good. Uh, and her 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 past ties into Kuro Sensei because her. Sister was um was in a relationship with the guy who was on over the lab of Kuro Sensei. Jerk, <laughs> he was a jerk, <laughs> and uh, Kuro Sensei kind of k- found his humanity through uh, Kaino's sister, and um, she was a, she was the teacher that uh, that the kids lost at, to Kuro Sensei, and Kuro Sensei took over the class, whatever. Um, anyway, I I thought it was a really good little humanizing of kuro Sensei, uh a a, re, a background reveal of Kayano and how she fit into the entire story, which she wasn't as meek quote unquote as she let on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I I thought it was a really great episode.
0: It's kind of like a situation like the the girl from Monday from uh Reconquista and G, it's like I liked you better before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then we have uh, BBK, BR, and K. These are kind of like mid, medium, very low spoilers, I think. I, I, I guess they're yeah. I think they're I think they're kind of medium to low spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I I think in the first season, definitely what was kind of entertaining in that. I mean, of course, the the high action and combats. But I really, really liked. Uh, I think it's I think you got the name of the Shizu and Tane uh, Taneomi basically the the gun girl genius and the 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 guy that writes things that appear and whatnot. I really liked their story their story was really awesome because it was this whole thing of she was special and no her family like out it didn't seem like it they oust her they just didn't understand her at all so she was always alone. Just making these little drawings. And it showed him like visiting her, trying to figure out what her thing is because the parents call him over to figure out what's going on with her. And he realized that she's a genius. He takes every single one of these little cards that have random lines on them and makes them out on, t- he puts them on like on a roof or something like that. And it makes this big O image. And it was like, it showed that she was a genius and that he was willing to kind of reach his hand out and, you know, take her hand.
1: Wasn't she trying, he said that she was trying to communicate, but was right. was she trying to communicate with the parents or with him?
0: I don't think that she would really specify that he was, I don't I know it wasn't him because she was making the pictures long before he kind of showed up. But, I don't know, I, I, I it's been a long time <laughs> since yeah. I, I mean, that was winter, so it was, it was, it's hard to remember exactly what it said, but I remember it, it basically being a, a cry for help. So, it was, it was really cool that he was reaching his hand out for her. It's one of those really cool stories kind of mixed out in there. I mean I like the the sports suit guy and the and the dual blade girl. That was kind of goofy in this idea of this, you know again, it's really a lot of children wanting wanting somebody to take their hand. Acknowledge them, yeah. And it, that was really in a lot of those things. I didn't get much out of the, the other guy, but that was fine. But yeah, that was uh I guess there was another one that was pretty important moment in the entire show. Banrio's ben- 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 head batching. Everything Banrio. Ben- <laughs> everything everything ben- ben- awesome. But it was just,
1: it, it It all culminated in that one scene where she just was like, just starts bat- beating her head into the <laughs> laughing maniacally. <laughs> laughing maniacally. It's just so burned into my my mind, this this one scene. And it's like, yeah, she's epic. <laughs> Not that bat- bashing your head makes you it epic, epic, but <laughs> it's epic. It's epic. It's epic. It's epic.
0: Uh, Dekashi Kashi uh, this one was a slow burn for me but I really started loving this show and that was because of uh, Saya Saya's best girl and definitely one of those my favorite moments of Dakashi Kashi was definitely and again I think these are kind of in the low, little, little uh, spoiler area but they are very very precious moments that you might want to hear for the first time watching it uh, but probably easily my favorite of the entire thing, of the entire show was the uh, Saya and Coconuts doctor playing doctor when they were younger it was a a flashback moment where they were uh she brought over some candy doctor candies and they were like they in this package like pills and so they started playing doctor and so she would come in and she would say doctor i'm not feeling good and he kind of turned around and say hmm here have a pill you should be just fine or he would just do these really small (laughs) things and she's like literally trying to get his attention so she's like doing all these embarrassing things like wanting him to to put the tethoscope to her chest. And it was, it was just absolutely, it was innocent in my eyes. It was adorable and it was so Awkward cute. and perfect. And then hilarious <laughs> in how they tie it back into the later points where literally she gets another one of those packages and remembers and gets embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. So I think it was, I think it was, uh, the other lady was like, "Here, you should try these out." And then she remember they both at the same time remembered it because she was she was thinking, oh, "Coconuts probably doesn't remember us doing that." And then she comes in the store and she's like, "How about these?" And you can see them both blushing. <laughs> Just way anything Saya on that show is absolutely adorable. I, I love their little history together. Um, I I'm not sure if future telling was kind of okay. I'm not sure if you put that on there. The future telling candies. I like the skirt-flipping candy, and that's mainly because it involves Saya, <laughs> The brother trying to say that this weird little kind of flappy string thing was, was purposely... This candy was purposely built for flipping skirts, and of course he does it to Saya and then gets beat. Which is deserving, because he's just hunting beat to, to Saya. <laughs> uh, let see here. Dimension W. You have something for Dimension W? Well, of course I do. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think
1: that the, the, probably the best moment of that show for me was Kyoma finally accepting Mira and it was a truly, to me, a very, very moving moment and it nearly brought me to tears. I, I know it's not, a lot of people didn't much care for that show, but hey, it was, it It was was like one one
0: (laughs) little beacon of light in that entire second (laughs) core or second arc that that was terrible. (laughs) That whole second arc was terrible in my opinion, in my opinion. I liked the uh, the scene where uh, Miro was acting. Like, er, Kiyoma told her to act like a, a human because you need to fit into. We don't need people knowing that you're a robot or something like that. And so she's trying to act like a human and she's walking into this this mansion. It was during the arc with the the, the damn alternate dimension thing, Majiggy that they were doing. And I just loved how Elizabeth, which is the twin tail daughter of the of the the, the thief that fails every time or something like that he was like the he was like the he never stole anything thief he's that bad and he he announces every time he's gonna do it he puts up fireworks and screens and stuff like that because he's that terrible it seems like uh but no she comes down and elizabeth is comes down name? And, loser yes yes it was loser but elizabeth comes down and basically just straight calls her out like don't uh don't analyze people or something like that because she could see her her reticle on her eyes kind of moving around and threw her off it was it was kind of funny um, Divine Gate. We have in-app purchases and reboots. That was just jokes. <laughs> that show, that show's ending was just, yeah, bad. Uh da 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 X two this third arc. Are you hiding from these ones or obviously or what? not? <laughs> obviously not. You already read through them all. Well, you you've already got them revealed. So you already know that. You it. already know the big one, and I think that's really the only other one that's here that's really that big. Um, but yeah, if you have not watched the third arc, you you these are kind of pretty significant, one of them is a really significant spoiler, but uh, my first one is is kind of a medium, and that's uh, uh, when Kasane, or you can call her Saika, she has this Saika in her, uh, stabs Shinra and absolutely causes Celty to, like, lose it. Because this whole thing, where they, they've been building up Celty and Shinra's relationship throughout the entire uh, series, have uh, the whole cute date scene, but there's a little moment where she's kind of walks in the door, this Kasane girl walks in the door, and kisses, not only kisses Shinra, but, like, you can see the little thing come out and stabs him, and, and it turns him, of course, possesses him with the the Shinra, and that, or Saika, and that totally just makes Selty flip out, and she starts destroying everything. She turns it like, this big old cloud of dust and flies through the town after her. Uh, it was really, really epic. Of course, the, the big one, which, is again, this is, like, huge spoiler, so if you don't want to hear this, skip forward, uh, is definitely Selty getting her head back, and I don't think that's a really huge spoiler, because you knew it was coming eventually. <laughs> I mean, it's been telegraphing it from the first season, but it was just kind of epic having her finally get, get her head. It had her personality be returned. You had that whole thing of, if she's going to remember who Shinra was, which is kind of really kind of uh, heartbreaking at the same time. Um yeah, also in that season, we had the, the fight between uh, Shiz- Shizuo and, and Izia. Usually it's Izaya kind of just running away, but this was actually them going all out at each other. It was very... Actually, very very surprisingly brutal fight. So that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, there was some things with the the other guy which I don't think were all that interesting. I think most did of that he, did he show step on his, those scenes his, were pretty. Eh. Did they
1: did they reveal
0: why he was so mad at him because he stepped on his cell phone or something? You know he's ha- he has a problem with electronics. Oh, so there was something in... they they, they actually <laughs> did get into Izzy's past and how he knew Shinra, which was kind of cool. And I think it it was back there somewhere. It's it's. It's really just a fast. It's more a thing that Shizuo, uh, Shizuo hates Izayo. I don't think Izaio cares. He just really likes screwing with people. Uh, maybe that's why Shizuo hates him so much. Uh, but yeah, it's been, like I said, this is winter, so it's, it's remembering stuff. Erased! There's going to be some uh, pretty significant spoilers here, so definitely uh, step lightly into this one. Uh, yeah, I guess the first one I would have to say is probably one of the most. There was two really, really, no, three really, really, really cool moments in the Snyder show. Uh, but I think the one that's kind of up there fighting another one, there's two that are fighting each other at the top. And that's, that's mom of the year moment, which was definitely where uh, Kayo or uh, Satoro's mom, it essentially shows what his mom did for him while he was in a coma for literally what, 10 years, 15 years, something like that. 12 years, I think. But it's like this whole moment where she was literally not just taking care of him. She was literally trying to uh, keep his muscles moving, keeping his body moving so that when he finally did wake up, he wasn't going to be like cripple and stuff like that. And that was this arduous task. She was working at the same time, coming home, moving his his, his legs, adjusting his body just to keep his his muscles kind of flexing and stuff, which was just really, really incredible. So, Yeah. And, of course, the the one that's kind of right there next to it, for me anyways, was definitely uh, Kayo coming into Satra's home and having that that, that, that was breakfast a, scene. That was absolutely a brutal oh. scene. I was in tears. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's one of the ones that everybody kind of points out as being one of those emotional points. I've, I've heard several people that like, yeah, they just had me in tears, that whole scene. But, yeah, it was that whole situation of, of bringing Kayo into that home and... And showing her what it's like to have a mother like the whole bath scene with with uh kayo's or sato's mom and and kayo was this whole moment of like just having that mothering nurturingness right there with her that was that whole scene was about was them just kind of being together and her seeing what a real mom is it's just yeah ouch <laughs> just, ouch ouch I definitely agree. Also, the 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 fox and the starry sky visit that was kind of awesome. Kayo bringing uh, Sato bringing Satoro bringing Kayo up in the the hills and showing the foxes in the sky and all that kind of stuff was gorgeous.
1: Absolutely a gorgeous scene.
0: And Iida's uh, punch that was pretty epic. I don't remember that. What, which one was that? <laughs> Essentially, the pizza manager guy was trying to oh, okay. call to the police. That's and right. she kind of just <laughs> decked him right in the face. It was just like, yes, finally somebody decks that guy in the face. <laughs> Uh, also, you also have, uh, thinking out loud. Yeah. When they were, uh, they were getting into the sleeping
1: bags, it goes into the Kayo and Sato's home. Um, and they were in the bed and, and he said, or she said something like, uh, am I in the way? And he <laughs> he said out loud without thinking, he says, yes, you are. Or something
0: like that. Yeah, he has a problem with inner, keeping his inner monologue inside of his head. Um, but yeah. There's a ton of other scenes in there, but uh, I guess I can leave it at that. Uh, let's see here, Gate, the Fire Dragon Art Gate Season Two. We have some uh, pretty pretty significant spoilers in here. Uh, let's see, first one we have is Rory searching for Gazelle after the dragons are taken down yes yeah have a easily one fight. of the best scenes of that that
1: season for me I uh, i don't even remember how she said it anymore but it was just it was such like an Gizaru, epic scene Doko,
0: something like that yeah it, it, she, it, she was
1: all ate up and just blood running down her face <laughs> where are you
0: <laughs> yeah because you had right before then she had made a pack with with the main guy and he got beat up so sure enough he it took damage on her and gazelle was taking advantage of that and was uppity about all of her dragons that she had at her side, and yeah, the Americans destroyed it. <laughs> um, Definitely one that I think was probably the most insanely... Uh, it broke something that I thought was going to happen, like, completely just dis- destroyed this typical kind of layout of how something happens, and that was a scene where they went into the throne room of, of the the kingdom, and usually in shows like this or stories like this, they'll have... Okay, they see... That somebody is in danger in the room, but they go, Don't you can't do anything right now. We'll handle it later. Let's keep civil and we'll handle this situation later. No, literally in Gate, they just shoot everybody. (laughs) And it it is literally one of those moments where it was like they walked in, they of course they seen them they dragged in the the prince dragged in a POW from that was captured back when they first uh, invaded Japan. And it was this whole moment where you're like, Yeah, they're gonna totally like say don't worry about it. No, literally he goes do it like let's just just they they decks the guy uh he tells the chick that you know go ahead and just take him down as they came in with the spears and you literally have that whole moment where you know bullets plus shield equals still died remember it was all that one girl what too wasn't it well he decked the prince and then they came in to attack and he literally said go ahead and she just mowed
1: him down and then goes in and beats the crap out of the prince just lays down the law
0: it was it was it was an epic scene (laughs) um he have also i think you kind of put this in here but this is where they where they had the embassy and they were trying to come in there to uh essentially they were taking out all of the royalty and at some point or not the royalty but the they're kind of like the I can't think of the term, the higher living the ambassadors. people. Yeah, basically. No, it was the, I mean, Sherry's Sherry's Sherry, parents were part of a, uh, I don't want to say that they were... She was the baron, she was the... the they killed her parents, basically, right. because they were part of the political system in some way. I forget exactly how it was, right. but... Uh, so they were trying to find Sherry. She was like the last intimate thing of that. And if they found her, they were going to basically kill her. And so they were storming the embassy, and they were saying, "You can't do that." And Sherry's like literally telling Sugawara, the guy that he really, that she really, really loves, who was he was an ambassador, uh, "Let me in here." And they're like, "We can't do that. Literally, that will say that we're a part of this." And they were trying to separate themselves from this calling that was happening. And yeah, emotions. <laughs> it was like that. it was literally one of the moments like all she has to do is step on that grass and she's safe. And it was just this whole thing of let her step on the grass. You're literally like everybody's dying behind her just let her step on that grass. It was it was it was, it was pretty pretty amazing. I love it. Love it. Of course I love that entire battle at the the embassy cuz you had the whole pina's uh piña coladas little guard that were fighting off people and then rose knights yeah the rose knights <laughs> yeah i also have on here uh lele's attempted assassination i totally thought that we gonna do it i was like don't do this don't do this to me i mean i Lele's really really cute i don't think she's had enough time in the show compared to the other characters but of course we haven't got much out of rory i think we definitely have so much more to uncover with rory but yeah, there was this whole scene where they went to the, the, the Magic Academy thing. She was going to get her approval thingy, the the training uh, certification thingy with Jiggy. And uh, some guy showed up that was from the Pied... I think the Pied Pipers or whatever they were called. The, the guy that was basically mind-controlling people and got the guy to try to kill her. I was like, I totally thought they were going to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Girls Beyond the Wasteland Koya. <laughs> the only thing I have here... I was like the, I was literally going through this and I'm like, ah, I guess I don't really have anything for Girls Beyond the... No, that was actually one shocking part in that entire show. And this is, of course, pretty significant spoiler because it's towards the later parts of Girls Beyond the Wasteland. Um, and that was when uh, the brother shows up in the club room and he's literally like... He's thinking that his sister told them that they were helping him with his debt or something like that. Like, they were... He, she told him that they were making the game to make money to pay off his debt or something like that. And he comes in like, thank you guys so much for all your help. And they're going, yeah. what? <laughs> I was like, mind blown. That was about the only thing I got mind blown out of that entire show. So, uh, Guy Eater, we had like three episodes that aired in winter for that one. I think the only thing that was really huge in that one was... The family sacrificing themselves
1: for MC Coon, <laughs> which was probably the most brutal episode of the entire
0: series. I think most of it was kind of yeah, cheap, but at the same time you knew it was going to happen, and at the same time it was like one of those things of I think especially the mom was like a, ouch because it was it was literally she was giving up medicine that they needed for him like she was literally saying. He needs to survive. Well, kind of not thing.
1: only that, and he's not it even was, blood. He's not even blood. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it was a, it was a mix. It was literally a, a thing of look. We can't get into that place. He can, and he can make this world change. Kind of thing. He needs to survive. We're we can literally keep taking this medicine. We're probably gonna die eventually, but at least him, he has a chance at life. And it was yeah, the the sister was just like brutal as hell. <laughs> oh my gosh dad was the only one that
1: wasn't quite as yeah, it brutal he's like, <laughs> he just it like he's crushed
0: okay go on without me kind of thing but no like the sister's like stabbing herself and the mom's dying and saying take the medicine he's our hope or something like that ugh uh, let's see here Grimgar Fantasy and Ash big spoilers here please go watch this show don't listen to anything past this point because we really like that show we want people to watch it don't want to spoil things for people Grimgar and Fantasy and Ash, man, there's a ton of moments. I, I guess we can start off with the first one, which was the first kill. Yep. That was pretty. That was really the moment where I was like, "This show is going to be something, something different. special." Yeah. yeah, it just portrayed the the grit of that that fight. It was literally saying, "You don't just hit, fight, select target, dies, everybody goes home. You received blah blah blah." No, it was literally like just gritty, gritty as heck. Uh, people screaming, getting stabbed, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, this is a this is a big one, big big spoiler. Uh, Monato or not Monato? Yeah, Monato dying. Uh, that was it. Wasn't really Monato dying so much. Well, it was Monato dying. It was really screwed up because it was like this whole thing of we don't have any more magic. To, he he's used so much magic he can't it, even heal himself. Kind of thing. It was
1: the moment that I, if I remember right, I I I, I say there's two points. The point of you, you have this feeling that this could be good and then the scene that knocks it out of the park and it is good. This was the the first kill was the this can be good. This scene was knocking it out of the park. This is going to be a good show. And it, it, it absolutely just re- reached into my eyes and just dragged out the entire tear duct that you were going to cry, especially when the girls started breaking down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think um, we were going to do this whole thing where we we're going to actually like start pointing out some... Uh, uh, actually, more of it. We were going to actually do a, like an entire segment of like best voices or best performances of the entire year. Um, and I think I, I can definitely, from this point on, say that... uh was his name? Uh, Yoshimasa Hosoya, who was Haruhiro... His performance in that that cathedral, like the moment he tells him, "Look, there's nothing I can do for him. He, he's gone," and he just Monato just flips and he just starts yelling, like, "Why? Why can't you do anything?" Kind of thing. It was just, "We can pay you." What the hell's going on? Kind of. Thing. It was just a very, very powerful performance. I I know that we played, we did talk about this show last at the end of the season, and we talked about that Pacific scene. I have played segments of it, and crying of making chris angry because the girl's crying in the background but it was just everything in that scene was absolutely fantastic uh i just loved it it was great um but yeah i think uh yeah i i and then we kind of continued as they they kept Monoto or they kept uh uh yeah Monoto in their minds they were constantly calling back to him they they were constantly uh haruhiro was basically constantly going can i fill your shoes kind of thing uh, but when they finally successfully killed the guy that killed him got the money that they needed to go to the guild and they literally chose to spend the money to get him his badge and place it on his his grave i think even the the guy that was from their first team who was very very successful comes in and says here here's some money kind of thing. I'm sorry yeah, you lost so, him. And yeah. he was like, no, we don't want this. So yeah. Thank you for that kind of thing later. But it was a really, really cool scene. Yeah. Um, also, bridging see. the gap between, with the girls,
1: Yume X Haruhiro, that that was the scene where um, he, he got Yume off to the side and, and they start talking about what it is that's really bothering the girls. And they, <laughs> and of course the ooh what is it really going on out here no 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 but it was a beautiful scene where they were they were just having a heart to heart talk about am i doing wrong no you're not really doing wrong yeah they thought it's- they thought that
0: they were mad because they got they brought Mary in the group and it was really like no we were we're you're not talking to us you guys are going off to the bar ever since ever since he died you're just running off to the bar and you're not talking to us anymore it was nothing to do with the fact they brought Mary into the group. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely a really cool scene. That was definitely one of those ones where I kind of really want to read into it more. So, yeah. What else do I have? Yume's rambling. Yume! I love Yume! Yume was my adorbe in that season. I thought that they weren't going to be able to match up her with Best Girl the entire year. I think I mentioned that in our last podcast. But, yeah, she was, she was adorable. And I loved her little dialect that she had. And constantly rambling on and ticking off Ranta and it's really all who cares though. about Ronta just kill him he's a <laughs> jerk <laughs> um yeah there was the one
1: one final scene Mary's party purifying that was absolutely a gorgeous scene and it it <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now it it was just one of those it, it was kind of the inverse of um the the main group and how they dealt with Monito. but Mary never actually got her closure with her group and them going all the way down into the, what was it? the Cobalt mine. The cobalt mine and finally getting to uh, the big guy and, and Mary being able to actually purify the the souls of her friends and, and releasing them into uh, the great beyond or whatever it is that they, they, they died to. Had to
0: hug every single one of he, them. She got to hug
1: every one of them. It was such a sweet and beautiful scene. I out one of them hugged her it. back and I was like, no, <laughs>
0: no, stop, stop. Stop killing me. Uh, hard. Ch- you actually have stuff on here for hard chica. Yeah, I, I know. did yeah, like the yeah. radio guy. That was kind of cool. That radio thing was pretty cool.
1: I don't remember exactly. <laughs> it was a little bit. He was where, he was doing the
0: radio station with the old people and everybody was calling right. in and all of that stuff. It was just it was just really cool having the the elderly group there. And
1: I thought it was a really great episode. I I liked the elephant's breath episode. That that kind of
0: uh went, really tough subject that you went it
1: was really tough subject it, it was it was going on to P- PTSD if I remember right right
0: it was more of a thing he didn't want his family to know what he did I right that was a big part of it but yeah yeah it was like mustard gas kind of things <laughs> <laughs> tough subjects uh heavy objects so some some fun things there you had you had the mercenary maids yeah mercenary maids were epic <laughs> their reveal was great um it
1: just it was out of nowhere out of left field we, we we were getting towards the end of the show too if i remember right yeah, we were starting like to wonder okay one. are we ever going to get the mercenary because they, were in the intro, yeah. they just popped out of nowhere <laughs> um
0: yeah yeah the the, the
1: g-cup the, oh, ho, was a, oh, ho, ho. <laughs> it was great the when they finally of, revealed her
0: yeah the reveal of oh ho, ho. She she just it, she had been giving
1: herself off as this big old huge chested woman. <laughs> and well, she then,
0: she has this whole system that she projects herself as like this really big woman, and she's like an idol to everybody because of this CG created thing that she makes of herself. But she's actually, uh, it's actually an actual generated perspective of her, and she's actually a lolly. <laughs> she is a lolly, a pitonko. <laughs> But I think my favorite of that entire second core was definitely, besides maybe the Ahohos uh, reveal, it was uh, Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle was a a situation where you had like the entire two cores was basically these guys on foot going out and destroying these big huge mecha things or heavy objects, and finally you had a case where somebody did was doing the same exact thing against Hime in her heavy object, and it was really one of those moments. It had me like very nervous about what they were gonna do because he literally puts this uh very wiry net over her escape pod and then forces the machine to want to eject her and it was like literally she's gonna come out of there and it's gonna turn into a cheese grater. She's gonna just splatter. And it was like a really, really intense moment, and you had this whole thing of, of uh of the main guys trying to take him down and stop him. So it was really, really cool. I I really like that whole the whole fight. So Oh, Konosuba is our next one. There's a lot of scenes in Konosuba too. Uh these are kind of light spoilers. I, I would I would assume, unless you don't like to know the butt of jokes, and then it's going to be heavy spoiler for you. <laughs> I think probably my one of my favorite moments was early on. And that was definitely the purifying of the the lake of crocs. Purify, 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 <laughs> We're just purify, waiting for that one. Yeah, yeah. That's another one that I remember. Oh, purification, that quite... purification, purification. Yeah. <laughs> It was that was that was great. Um, the stealing panties was and of course, awesome and of course,
1: it's in English, so
0: <laughs> no. no, it was like station or something like that. It was it was really weird in English. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the stealing of the panties from uh, him gaining the ability to steal. Let me just say that he, he the everything that involves his ability to steal was hilarious because every time he used it, he said it was based off of luck because he has high luck. And it always seemed to steal women's panties, and it was it was hilarious. He's a
1: lucky guy. What can I say?
0: Uh, it was funny because we one note we had in here was scary doll, in one of our our notes here. <laughs> and we had to go figure out what it was, and it ended up being hilarious because I we liked the whole scene in the mansion where they were uh, being chased around by dolls because you had basically uh, they were trying to use the restroom at the same time being chased by these dolls. But it was really, literally, I finally, we finally realized the moment that it, I wrote that down was literally when he was in bed, and he first realized the doll was there. And he looks over, sees this doll sitting in the chair, and he goes, Quiet! And he's in his head. He's not actually yelling at it, but he's like, Quiet! He's, he's hiding under the sheets, and of course, they all come out. It was, it was hilarious. Way too funny. And you have... I have Succubus Dream. I'm gonna... It's been a long time, so I I'm gonna... I care.
1: That was like the only... I'm gonna, gonna assume I didn't care about. it's darkness in the bathhouse.
0: I thought it was funny the sign-up process of the whole thing. It was like this whole process of, of signing up for the Succubus to do this whole dream <laughs> thing with you. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't care much for the darkness. The whole darkness stuff. I that thought was, it was funny, but hey. But of course, that was also the issue where you had the wonky animation kind of creeping up more and more. Um... Yeah, I guess we could both agree on the, the explosions. Explosion he's, of the house. Ha- exploding home. the home and the, the terrifyingly evil general guy showing up and saying, you, you're destroying my house kind of thing and then continuing to do it later on. And they
1: all throw
0: him off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it especially that he curses one of them with death. I think it was darkness. Darkness, yep. And you have this whole thing of like, oh wow, it's it's literally like doom or something from Final Fantasy where you're gonna die after like a certain amount of time. And of course, and,
1: Aqua just and Aqua just, just cures makes it, it go away.
0: And he's like, literally, like, why are you two still here? Two weeks later, thing? why are
1: you still here? Why are oh, you I not just, coming to get I just me? cured
0: that. That's that was nothing. It was that was funny. I also like the uh, what he creeps out the two girls that were the were the fan or they were party members of the other guy that actually came mm-hmm. from the real world, and they were like getting mad at him for messing him up or something like that. And they're just, he starts doing little creepy hand thing. I'm like, well, there's where the entire budget went with, with those fingers. Oh, uh, you have one on there. Do I? That's, oh, where do oh, the pennies go? This when is the first season. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of funny there. Of course, everything about that was kind of funny. This whole idea of trying to figure out exactly what, how does this magical thing work? Cause we don't <laughs> need to use it. But yeah, they were trying the to like panties pop up in the in the in the air and fall. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to figure out if you, if you put clothes on after you transform and you transform back, what happens to the clothes? It was just really goofy. It was it was real goofy. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, the first season. Man, this is going way back. You have uh, Cadilia's martyr. That was a pretty strong scene. Of course, he had her and the the other girl. I forget her name. She was the her assistant that she ended up finding out was like like. Aspire, something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really powerful thing seeing her kind of stand up in the middle of like this absolute chaos. She could literally get shot at any point, but she become no. This this the minor scene was where she was. Uh, they were leaving the colonies. This is this, this is bad because we're trying to remember what these notes were for. I specifically remember when they were leaving the colonies, and she literally went up on broadcast to everywhere that she was in that ship, and if the. Uh, my gosh, what was the name of the bad guys? Uh, the, the start Gallon of the G, Horn. Gallon Horn, literally basically said, you could shoot me if you want kind of thing. And every, it was broadcast everywhere. So it was literally like one of those. Yeah. If you shoot her, you're, you're basically creating a martyr in that, in that situation. Uh, you have double cry hug scene, I guess. then that's this case where you had Mikazuki with, uh, Cordelia and what was the little girl's name? Oh, kick myself for not knowing her name. But that was basically where you basically, or that's basically where they established that he has a harem, or <laughs> not a harem, but a a, 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 a a he has two girls, and they're totally. fine Yeah, with no, it. I, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, we always like the the Mika snapping Olga out with his his evil eyes of Are we there yet? Because <laughs> he was he was crushed about uh, Biscuit. And he was kind of in a slump. And he literally had Mikazi, Mika go in there and just look at him. And it was literally like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: Are made you done? Mika, Are you done, Olga? We've made Mika into something dangerous. He's, he's like, going to explode the second that uh, one of these days, Olga's just going to go, you know what? I give up. Yes, we're here. And then Mika's just going to reach up and shoot him in the head or something.
0: <laughs> Mary our Phantom World. You have tons under this one.
1: Ah, uh, it's been a long time. Uh cat episode. I
0: think that was the cat house, wasn't it? You can't you can't go wrong with a bunch of girls as turning <laughs> into cat girls. I, I definitely agree on that one. That was that was one of my favorite episodes. Just cute having all the girls. Basically, Kyoani animating cat girls. What?
1: <laughs> uh, Ruru's uh, wish was absolutely phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, the bunny parents was a very touching episode um magical girl i don't really remember that they went one
0: the, they went into the puddles and it was basically the the pigtail girls episode <laughs> oh okay where yeah guy uh, was protecting her i got you
1: that was a great episode um her finding her own strength um attempting to trope rena and then it kind of flipped around and still ended up in the trope but it was kind of a a spin on it i think that's actually yours isn't it
0: and then, I think it was like in the first episode. It was it was just funny that they they tried to avoid the fall on grope trope, but it ended up being something really, really... It ended up still falling into. It was kind of
1: funny. <laughs> uh, My being the caretaker of Haruhiko, absolutely phenomenal episode. That was a good episode. Um, and uh, the Mother Phantom, I know you don't... You didn't much care for that, right? Shrugged. I loved it. I, I thought it was really a great episode of uh, uh, attaching... Uh, Kind of Haruhiko's uh, emotions and explaining them to, a little bit better, even though you know you already had it with my
0: being started. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Scrolling down. Let's see. Please tell me, Gakko-chan. We had some really good moments in there. We had the 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 Gao sorry Gao sorry where she was trying to go around scaring people and Gakko was that was really cute. The mall analogy was probably my favorite part in the entire series. That was hilarious. They were. Attaching this mall analogy to sex, how they how they would how they how they go about sex. So each one of them was telling how they go about shopping in a mall. Tells how they would be in bed or something like that, basically. And of course, you had the rich girls like, "Oh, I get a lot of my guys together, and we all go inside the mall and <laughs> we we surround the area and somebody was like literally insinuating oh, that, that she does wrong. it as a group and uh the nerdy girl she researches it on the computer first about what she wants to buy before she goes to the mall i mean it's just it fit perfectly and of course so many nobody implications knew, nobody knew what it meant outside of uh the boys of uh no it was it, one of the boys told Galko and then Galko went and started doing it and they didn't tell her what it meant she just was saying how do you go about going to a mall Gakko asks the question, and then they go off, and they're watching as Gakko asks all the other girls, and of course they're watching and perving out over it. But it was it was quite cute. Uh, I love the bedhead episode too. Totally skipped the the bricks episode. Part. I'm telling, I'm telling, <laughs> I told you I'm gonna skip forward. So just tell me if you really want to get into something. If I just important. wanted to make fun of it. We have showing Roku. We can go through showing Roku. Roku. I, I I guess the. The big ones for me was definitely uh, when the master died and uh, Yakumo performed Rakugo. It was like right after the death. And everybody's like, man, this must be tough for him. He's actually going to perform today. He was he could have not performed. He went up on that stage, sits down, and performs his master's like legacy Rakugo, which was the Shinagami. And it fit perfectly to the story of a death. It was... Way, way powerful scene, way, way strong. I also love the the play scene where he was first figuring out what he was special about what what special rakugo he could do that's personal to him, and it was this whole play where he was a he was like this he beautified as if it, the the play was about this this these two guys going and and swindling these these uh, cloth sellers, and of course he's dressed as a woman, and they. They're calling him out for stealing the stuff, and at some point they're like, "You, must, you're actually a female." And he comes out and he says, "Yes, I'm a female," and rips it open his his cloak, and the crowd's going nuts. And I mean, the the whole portrayal of that scene, animation wise, and the focus they put on the the people and the the inner monologue of him saying how everybody is staring at me right now. I have I have everybody's attention. It was a absolutely amazing scene. It was was definitely the reason why Shila and Renroku was up on my list for. The year. I also added the first Rakugo,
1: I, which I thought was phenomenal. It it showed you kind of the, um, what a strong Rakugo performance would look like, and what a bad Rakugo performance could uh, look like. So it it had really kind of rounded those edges. Um, I loved the lolly Rakugo. I I thought it was wonderful.
0: Um, and then I also that loved dual Rakugo the theme. dual rock ago was absolutely oh. phenomenal. That was amazing because it was both uh, y- and, yep. and what's his name the Yakumo and and what's-his-name. The one work. time you've seen them, the two of them doing it together. It was like, it the was only time you ever so seen great. them. Of course, Rockago is a single solo performance. Mm-hmm. And it was the only time the entire show you've seen two of them. And they were playing off each other so well. They were, they were basically doing the two parts of the scene, which would normally be done by one person. And then you had, of course, yeah, the, the daughter was just flipping out watching them and enjoying <laughs> it. And then they get into the song and you're like... And then it ties itself in with the stinking song and why she loved it so much, and it's like, oh gosh, face scratching, crazy. All right, so spring. Let's jump into spring. I got um, um yeah, we already pretty much covered the assassination classroom stuff, so. Uh, Big Order, the for Big Order, I think probably the most shocking moment in that was the, the pregnant, pregnant bow. <laughs> <laughs> People know what we're talking about.
1: Everybody know. It's been talked about to death. <laughs> uh, Bakuan, but it was a great
0: scene. It was just so out of left field. Out of nowhere. Just like it grabbed and went a boink. It was like literally he grabbed a bag of something. Um, <laughs> Bakawan. I can't skip Bakawan because every scene with the history of. Oh, that poor girl. Of the girl was just. Heartbreaking. You had literally like I think the first one, like he was driving with her and she's singing a song, and then a cat or something or a raccoon goes on the road and he just cracks and she thinks he's gonna die and he she, she runs writes, off and a, writes she a writes story. a lesson or a, a, an essay about
1: how how much she'll uh, she loves Suzuki or something like that and she really Katana, really, and, Katana
0: yeah. and she's gonna buy him and she's gonna <laughs> comes back in comes there back and he's gone to, he's dead, gone and then you had the whole thing with the foxes and how they got to, the,
1: they wrecked he and they give got him back a, to there a, and a, a, a lasting deadly virus that
0: yeah. can kill him or something like that and then after that was the where he she flung onto the, the hood of the car far. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like a brake check thing they do all the time she just flew off the motorcycle and hit her butt on the the hood and got the mark on her butt it's backwards that's kind of dumb and it works out Ugh, so bad Poor girl so bad uh let's see here i skip forward here um definitely got to point out flying which i love i love all the scenes of the cafe those were those were awesome uh, Joker Game. I enjoyed Joker Game. Um, You probably already heard my talks about that. I enjoyed the the spies showing up, the other spies. That was really, really cool. Cabinari, Iron Fortress. There's a lot of ones in that one. <laughs> I think we covered most of these in our, our spoiler talk about Cabinari, though. You ever, you want to talk about your Kizniver scene? Well, I kind of hit that before. That was the... Explosion
1: of emotional, you that's know, right. all the characters. And, and uh, yeah, it was a crazy moment. Loved it. Um, Sexual harassment. Yeah,
0: Kumamiko. Sexual harassment is all I have on there. Uh, and the anxiety. The, the, her first job was was pretty was pretty crazy, how they portrayed her anxieties, sitting in the middle of that shopping area, selling stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I could say My Hero Academia, but the only thing that's really exciting about that one is every single time, never fear for I am here scenes. (laughs) 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 I get my little jumping around my seat moment. Well,
1: Sue Sue is uh, getting serious and saving her friends. That was a pretty epic moment. I loved that moment.
0: It was kind of actually them working together was more what the scene was about, but okay. She was awesome. Well, she jumped out there. The guy uses things to beat the ground. Don't, and no, do the water, don't take and it away from Sue. Together. Every Sue body. is
1: awesome. Just love her
0: and, and just accept her for what the, she is. The point of the scene was them working together. <laughs> um, onigiri. I have one thing to point out with Onigiri, and nobody watched that show so it's probably a spoiler for everybody. It's not really that big of a spoiler because it really is the, the joke, if you want to call it a joke. Onigiri had one really amazing point in the entire series. Well, it was a fun show overall, but they had this whole moment where they took the demons of the world, and this is basically a game. They took the demons of the world and they humanized them. And how they did that is they turned them from these creatures into Moe girls. <laughs> and they were showing like people coming and hunting them down and murdering them. And it was like freaking dark. It was literally dark. And it even at the end of the episode, they pointed out, don't worry. Next episode is gonna be more cheery, and the next episode was Even still worse. dark. <laughs> it was, it was, it was bad. It was way bad. Ugh. It was, it was heartbreaking bad. Uh, ReZero. Zero. Um, we have this would be the first core which we cover. Reinhardt shows up. The first fight for Elsa. That was a pretty epic fight because the. Elsa was like literally gutting them over and over again. And he brings Reinhardt in at one time and Reinhardt just steps on the ground and explodes things and wrecks her. So it was it was much needed when. <laughs> um, next one was Subaru's outburst when he was being killed by Rem. That was probably that was one of those points where it really chilled. The main thing that one of the main things that we loved about Rezero was the multiple layers of every character being explored through multiple resets. It wasn't the fact that it was being reset that it's repetitive. No, it's resets to see a different side of a character. So you see the cute side of Ram or you see Rem ticked off trying to kill him because he thinks that she she thinks that he's infiltrating the the mansion. And this is this whole scene where it he breaks. He's literally saying I'm we went out and shopped together. We did all this stuff together. Ram showed me how to do this. We did this together. We cooked something together and Rem's like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was really a broken moment of, or it was a moment of him break, basically breaking, which was absolutely, absolutely powerful. Uh, and then, of course, the other part of that first core was Rem and Rem's backstory, which was was pretty screwed up as well and really getting perspective of the difficulties of Rem trying to be as good as her sister was. So, yeah.
1: Um, you have Sailor Moon Crystal 3. Yeah, um, I, I I think one of the highest highest moments. I don't know if it necessarily highest moment. The m- moment that stuck out the most for me was uh, Chibi Moon's soul being ripped out of her it was absolutely a heartbreaking moment, and that was the moment that I w- went and told Andrew, "Hey, uh, I am going to talk about this during our spoiler discussion. You need to go and catch up so we can talk about this." Uh, it was it was one moment that just absolutely crushed me. All
0: right. Um, I think Terraform Revenge. I had to point out because I'm the only one that watched it in the entire world. But they had, I'd say, two really cool moments. And they had the when they first showed Hong, who was the Chinese girl, her ability, which was I think I mentioned it before, which was the overpowered or bacteria emitting body. That was a pretty epic scene. Seeing all these, as much as that has a really bad animation, that entire series it looks bad. It was one of those really moment, one cool moments in the entire thing of. Ooh, that looked really cool seeing all these you know roach terraformers falling from the sky and she's kind of coming out of the, the ship and it's rotating around and she's technically naked um, and I think the arrival of number one which I think his name was I don't want to try to attempt to remember what his name was but he was pretty epic because we never seen number one in the show until that point and he ends up living up to his, his rank as kicking a lot of butt uh, let's see here. As I, I guess that's... Oh, Ushio and Tora. We can't skip Ushio and Tora. <laughs> that was a second season of Ushio and Tora. Um, a lot of really powerful scenes in that entire thing. If you have not watched Ushio and Tora, definitely don't listen to this. Um, go watch it. But uh, yeah, finally getting to meet Mom was ouch. Because you yeah, had literally <laughs> every question he wanted to ask for the last, you know, however long he's been alive. One, ask in couldn't one ask
1: much of any of them. He just broke down, and <laughs> <laughs> it was a awkward. They didn't know what to do with each other. It was such a great scene.
0: Of course, the appearance of Hakumenomono, which we we talked about during our biggest bads, which was a pretty awesome scene. Uh, everyone forgetting, and then being sorrowful there for forgetness That was pretty awesome. You, pretty much the entire season, they were all their memories of Ushio are being removed. So that Hakumo could then introduce fear because they think they don't know that the spear wielder exists. And yeah, I'm getting the entire story. And he is, he's, he's hope. And probably one of the most extreme, I also really love the scene with uh, Asako. Uh, Asako taking Miyoku, uh, Miyoku's uh, place in the spear sacrifice that was way, ouch. <laughs> Watching her walk up to the, the flames and... Literally jump into it. If it wasn't for Ushio being there, was how way way, way strong scene. Um, I loved the I loved the getting into Tora's backstory
1: and how. Oh he my came gosh! Together
0: didn't even see that coming. I was like, no. yeah, wow, they went into all of that. Uh Parting ways with with her when he when he got in the submarine. Parting ways with the uh, Osaka was was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. I
1: got I got down yeah, here. Hackman being redeemed. Hackman Nomono being redeemed. That was absolutely probably the uh, the the biggest shock that came out of the entire show was they actually started redeeming Hackman, and it was like, wait, Andrew, are we seeing? I think it? we both jumped <laughs> on the same same the
0: same time, time. Was like they're literally managing to redeem that character.
1: That's, yeah, I was like how.
0: <laughs> it was it was crazy um i guess that's it for spring let's move into summer we have you just uh, did that in like 15 minutes
1: the first part was 45 minutes
0: yeah we realized that we were taking way too long by hitting every single one of these we have way too many um but yeah uh 91 days the only one that i really want to hit on that one for 91 days so spoiler if you want to jump forward uh, was <laughs> Corteo killing Fango? I did not see that coming from a mile away. It was literally, it was really one of those moments like that. Dude's t- I mean, we knew for the longest time it was like Corteo is gonna die. Like he's literally going to be the catalyst for the main character Angelo. He's gonna die at some point. And he had this whole scene where he literally fails to meet Fango's expectations. He's or he he was Fango was using him for the formula for the liquor, and then he no longer needs him because somebody else made it. And he literally was like he's gonna die he, the, he this is where corteo dies and <laughs> corteo takes a freaking bottle and him in the neck and it pours out the bottle and i was like no way did that just happen oh it was it was yeah i it was a it was a big shock so probably the highlight for me in that entire show
1: was the sister bringing the two brothers together to try and uh, talk piece between the two of them and I thought that was a really great scene Attempting <laughs> Attempting, yeah, attempting. attempting. Um, Let's see here um, And of course Andrew made fun of me because he thought that it was the only scene with a girl in it really so auto- you know, automatically only, Chris it is, likes
0: it It's only the only female in the cast so you have to like every moment Oh there was that moment where she shot the other guy Yeah that was a great moment because it's a female in the show Mob Psycho One Hundred. I have to say, the whole scene with Reagan uh, one-upping the pot, sca- the the pot uh, jar selling scammer, because they basically Mob gets pulled into this this uh, this showroom. The ladies going, "This is amazing vase. you want to buy this thing? It's so expensive." And then he's like, "No, I don't really." And she's like, "No, no, look at it closer." And then she knocks it over and goes, "Oh, you broke it." So I guess you'll have to pay for it. and He goes, "No, I didn't really do it." And the guy comes out to strong arm him, and then Reagan comes in and just one ups them, like, "Oh, you hit you, you touched me. Ow, that's gonna hurt. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to go to the hospital." And then just completely wrecks them with this. Basically, Reagan's a scammer, so you can't one up a scammer. That's Reagan. So can't it worked scam out. a scammer. I also liked the later parts with Regan when they were in the, the facility. Every part of that whole thing with Reagan was like, I literally hated Regan at the beginning. And the the vase scene and the whole organization scenes were just like, wow, you made the most terrible character in that show really, really amazing. I also like Mob's fight with the tarot. That was probably one that everybody points out. It was just the Mob not wanting to fight and the reasons why he doesn't want to fight. And that was pretty cool. Uh, New Game. There was a lot of fun scenes in New Game. Like the like the doctor visit. <laughs> Everybody was afraid of that one doctor that didn't know what she was doing and she's just fumbling over things. They're all terrified of
1: her. <laughs> and they and they were like they started out going, Umiko just, just uh takes her own blood or something yeah. like that, and then and then they finally figure out why, because they they had to go to the doctor who couldn't do it and <laughs> Umiko has no she always does and it. grabs it from her and does it to herself.
0: Yeah. That and the thing we all wish we could do when they're they're trying to find a vein, Oof.
1: and 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 I wanted I wanted to throw out there, Umiko was absolutely amazing in that show. Everybody was so unsure about her, and she was she was just such a sweet character, and yet she just gave off this bad presence, and it was just so perfect. She was the only one
0: that was actually strict. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I absolutely loved the very end. End joke it was uh, Umiko giving the present of the gun to one of the characters, and they
0: were walking home with it, and
1: nobody knew. They
0: were all drunk. <laughs> <laughs> they were all terribly drunk, and the police officer sees them. Yeah, it l- looked really bad. <laughs> that was really bad. Uh, see here. Do-do-do-do planetarian everything about planetarian was sad but i i especially like the robot heaven uh, memories like she keeps recalling these memories every time she recalled memories i like choke up <laughs> but she was recalling uh because he was asking what kind of uh he was saying that you pray to whoever your god is or something like that and she's like well i don't know what that is and so she's checking her database and yeah at some point she had talked to her creators and was asking them uh, what what is it? What what would I have a god or something like that for? And they're like, oh, there's like a robot heaven where there's no viruses, and they're all having fun with it. But they're literally trying to explain it to her, and it was, it was really really cute. Servamp. I want to bring up Servamp because I don't know why nobody else is gonna bring up anything about Servamp. I liked Servamp's, Not I didn't like it, but when they got into Sayuka or Sakuya's uh, screwed up death, <laughs> it was like this whole history of like his his father beating the crap no (laughs) no, he was trying to gain insurance money through the death of his sister and he threw her off the balcony and killed her to get insurance money and at some point does the same thing to him it was like that's just so screwed up and then it kind of gets into Sabaki bringing her him and saving him and giving him a home and yeah we have you want to bring up sweetness and lightning I don't want to skip your favorite show of the year is there anything in sweetness and light you want to bring up?
1: Sumugi's adventure alone and Kohai, Kohai's uh, response, and that was—I oh, put Kohai's response at the end. Yeah, I
0: thought it was kind of cool.
1: She—I I liked that episode. It was—it was really cute. She's going through. She's trying to help out uh, her dad because he's sick, and she's going to uh, get some food or something for him. And she goes over. She as she's going, she's get, going through all kinds of little adventures, and then uh Kohi fr- Kohai fr- Kohai freaks Kohai. out her <laughs> <Or Kohai. laughs> anyway daddy freaks out calls everybody trying to figure out where where she is finds her, ends up finding her um and then when uh he sees her she's all excited he, she's excited and wants to Tell her, tell him about her entire adventure, and he freaks out. And it's not a, a, a mean freak out. It is a father. You panic. scared the fire out of me. Don't make me beat the crap out of you right here. <laughs> it was no, good. It, and it betrayed her response to that email yeah, too, and so. it scared her. And and it, and I She's I thought that the emo- emotion emotion was all in that scene. It was a great scene. Yeah um what what do i got here fight fight with friend i put wanted- on there
0: the fight with a friend there was a friend that was was wanting them to dress oh, up yeah. the same and she wanted to dress up as the sheep that she had from the magical girl show and they got in a big old argument and they kept arguing with that the entire episode and then she finally showed up to school with the outfit and they all thought it was great and they all wanted one too <laughs> It was kind of cute um, let's see here. Disastrous life of Psyche K. The only one I want to mention there is the, the stupid cat that was stuck, which was voiced by Kirito It was hilarious. The cat was just. The the everything. great. With that cat. Every yeah. time
1: he shows up, uh, oh that stupid guy! He won't he won't accept me as 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 his master or something. Has like that. has
0: these mentality of yeah we're from you know ancient Egypt and we're we were you know praised at some point. <laughs> Um, then we guess we have our second core of ReZero, which was uh, a lot more painful. <laughs> of course, we had Beetlejuice in that entire segment and his evil things he did to Rem. And even despite the evil distortions he did to Rem, she still crawled to Subaru just to free him. <laughs> that was, it was a uh, brutal scene. I that was entire episode! Because it was like that thing, her, the things that happened to her, her climbing over to him to help him free him... He, him taking her into his ha- her into his hands and walking all the way to the mansion, seeing everybody else dead, and then just yeah, of course, uh, puck being up on the roof and just just takes off his head and snow blow and oh gosh, that that entire episode was just torture, and of course that was then one up by the fact that he went there again and tried to tell Ami- uh try to tell uh, Amelia his secret and the witch basically told him I can kill people beside you and killed Amelia instead. <laughs> and then that just kind of went to hell too. And then of course episode 18 the big the big moment. We've already kind of gushed about that with uh I don't I don't know when we gushed about that. But yeah that that entire episode was just yeah quite, like Chris says the best and the worst episode in the regard that it was the best <laughs> episode because it was rem standing there taking all of Subaru's frustrations for the last 17 episodes, listening to everything he had to say, and then telling him why she thinks that he's not garbage. And after that amazing speech, of course, Subaru turning around and saying, I love Amelia and everybody basically putting their fists to the windows or their TVs and (laughs) having to go by. It was a, it was a, it was a big day for television sales. After that, I think. <laughs> it was right up there along with many other things that people throw things in television was, for. Was like we, wasn't it
1: similar with to the the sales of uh, uh, monitors um, I, on Orimo Day? Yeah, I think that was a big <laughs> one.
0: I think when that Orimo season two, or whatever it was, angered people. Um, but uh, so you, you you
1: repeated things here. That this is a great moment. The uh, Oh, I didn't know that you put it over there. I just put it in there because I knew you wanted to put it in there. And Subaru Possessed is the
0: other thing we got down here. Yeah, Subaru Subaru being possessed was a great scene because he was trying to fight it. You had Felix breaking down, which is like, oh, don't make me like a trap so much. I love Felix. I don't care. Um, Felix breaking down, which was torture. And then you were like, literally wondering if they're gonna reset all the way back again before the fight with the whale. It was literally... And it's like, yeah, technically they took a... They they broke the system by literally not using a checkpoint like they always do, but I thought it was a little bit slight of relief when they actually showed up back after the battle because it's like, no, we really don't want to go through the whole process again. Uh, yeah, I have... Yeah. I, I, I guess that I put down the thank you for this meal. I thought it was a
1: great, great scene. Uh, Subaru fell from the from uh, the whale, from the whale, and and landed right in into Rim's chest, and it was just a just a great little quick jab thing. Quick jab. Instead of Subaru like freaking out over it, she's just like, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I miss Rezero. We need more Rezero. Yeah. Uh, we have. We're gonna move on to fall. Our last season to go through. Yes, we. knocked that one out. <laughs> but it's also the fact that. Technically, winter was a very strong season. So, not just skipping for the sake of time. We're also skipping because that was really probably the strongest season besides uh, ReZero, of course. Uh, let's see here. Bubuki Bronchi 2. Is there anything big in there? Bubuki Bronchi 2. The the freaking death. The guys is making uh, Luid Milia kill like the entire Maxim group. Oh, my God. Gosh, did not see that coming. That was—if you guys heard our review when we were talking about this show, that was what we were talking about. Because that was literally like the most big shock moment. I think we did a spoiler discussion when we talked about this. I don't want to get in huge detail, but that got dark. yeah got really, really dark with that one whole thing. I put in "take care of your arms and leg," or they—they they
1: may come back to you. And it was in reference to the—what's um, his name, the king or something like that. He—he—he uh, he, he, he kept going on about how how great and wonderful he is and um uh ozma's sister had taken really good care of of the arms and legs of the this particular guy's group because he um lent them to her and she would uh respected them and and pretty much took really good care of them and then they went back to him and it was like he's just telling them you're going to do what I tell you to do and they didn't like that and eventually they were forced to because of something that Gi was doing to them. And then they um, they effectively
0: retaliated on him. And it was it was a great great little scene. I liked it. Even though, after that, he, he kind of goes back to them and they're like all hunky-dory. And it made no sense why he was just like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. I guess we didn't get into Bungo Stray Dogs much because you weren't watched up to the point that I watched. But I really love when Dazai tricked uh, Akuta with the, the phone. He says... He tells him basically, give give the phone over to him. Tell that tell him that uh, I need to talk to him on the phone. And he chucks the phone, and <laughs> Akutagawa just jumps off the side to jump after, her like, Daisai! No,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that the is that the scene that you kept
1: really really badly wanting to talk about?
0: No, it's really the the fact that they use Q with uh, the plant guy to pretty much like make the entire town go nuts, and then you had uh, what's his face basically came down from the 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 blimp with the he was basically trying to find uh, Dazai to get him to touch the the item to make the the entire curse go away it was it was pretty cool I liked it it was a doll I think it was the the, the mm-hmm. Q's doll yeah I just thought it was a really cool a uh, really awesome hype. Action type scene. I, I also liked the ending. It was, it was. I I didn't care much for the the guy powering up by spending all of his money. That was kind of meh. But it was it was a strong ending, so I definitely was happy with how it.
1: Completely. I did like the the uh, uh, the two coming together as as one to
0: to fight the money guy. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of tsundere in that scene. <laughs> a lot of tsundere in that whole fight. Uh, let's see here flip flappers we have battle between coconut and Papika, dbz style i guess that was in that mad max episode yeah that got that got pretty crazy i like it awesome. i like that in the later the last episode she was in this flip flapper spoilers this Is ending spoilers for flip flappers uh she wakes up and she's technically of course still in uh the what's the name of the pure illusion but we don't know that yet. And on the walls was a Mad Max poster. There's a ton of other posters, which I actually kind of want to look. I know probably somebody's already looked at all of them. I'm sure that um, I'm assuring that all the references the shows, throughout yeah. the entire show was on those posters in the walls because Mad Max was one of them. And I think that w- there was a uh, probably one. I think I seen school, one that was in re- A Dark re- School Murder uh, poster, which I'm that to find would out what probably that be the
1: the one that I was seeing. That was probably for the uh, the school episode. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I had to figure out all those references. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. The deeper level of the the Pure Illusion was definitely the highlight of that entire show, though. That was a very emotional and very well-directed episode. Is that a last witch? We have... Uh, of course, I kind of mentioned the review. I, I really liked the whole scene with them in the front lines. I thought that was probably one of the most powerful points in the entire show. Uh, we got a lot of heat from our review for the, the ending, though, because... I didn't know that there was an issue, and apparently you brought it during the review, and I'm like, I guess I didn't pay much mind. I didn't know that there was an issue with the ending, and then Chris is like, yeah, here, listen to this podcast where they're screaming about it. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that, because we have getting a lot of replies on our review for that episode, and it's everybody's angry about the ending, and I didn't know it was an issue. And it, I guess it really comes to the idea that when I seen that ending, I portrayed it a lot differently than a lot of other people did, and I think that was the only issue. And, of course, if you don't know, again, spoiler for the intake, ending of Isetta the Last Witch, they kind of built it up that this this gem drains her life. That's really what they, throughout the entire show, that, that that's what they laid out, that, that this thing will drain your life. And, of course, she uses the stone to absorb all the ley lines. And they assumed that that was going to kill her. She went out there like she was going to die. It was um, only half but she, the stone, too. But yeah, and she still survived. And at the end of the of course it's apparently I didn't, I didn't catch the fact that he said three years later, but apparently they said three years later, she's still alive and everybody's angry about that. Like she should have died. They, they laid out that she was going to die. And I'm like, I didn't see anything that specifically said 100% she is going to die. What I seen was that by that, what I portrayed that final scene as that she's basically dead. She's, she's on her last limbs. Um, I think they even showed like a lower shot of her and she didn't look like she had much emotion in, in, her, in her life, but she's going to yeah, die. She could be paralyzed for all we know. She I don't I don't
1: remember her actually moving to react to her. It was all fine and yeah. a shot of her, the top of her head and the shot of the I don't know why they didn't show her face, but they yeah. probably to
0: I, imply what I, that I there's the something scene...
1: worse than it actually is.
0: The scene really kind of portrayed to me that she is, she's on her last limb. This is her final moment. She wants to be happy. And it's like, I don't really think that they necessarily had to kill her to make the scene any better. Like, if she died, that, is that going to make this show suddenly blow your mind? No. It's going to be, okay, she died. Cool. I'll move on. I mean, what I don't think this difference does it make? I mean, in a way, she's she's on her... Li- I, I put it in the, the spoiler when I was talking in response to people. The way I explain how I seen that scene was like an old say there's a nuclear uh, meltdown happening and somebody and this guy works the, the at the 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 nuclear plant he basically says honey I love you I'm probably never going to see you again I've loved all these years I've he's going to basically tell her goodbye he's going to tell his wife goodbye he's going to tell his children goodbye cuz he's about to go to a nuclear weight, uh nuclear power plant that's melting down he's not going to make it back He runs off to there. He jumps in there. He does what they need to do to, you know, douse the rods or whatever they need to do, submerge the rods, concrete the rods, whatever, to stop it from blowing up and killing everybody in the area or making a unlivable habitat on one side of the earth. And somehow he managed to make it. But the radiation basically destroyed his body. He has cancer or something like that. But the doctors are like, I don't know how you made it out of there, but you ain't going to live long. You probably got another six months left, if even that. You might not even live overnight. And somehow he manages to live for a couple of years. He's still gonna die. His life is still ruined. His body is still destroyed, but he just managed to live for a little bit longer. He's like on child. He's like on a life support, but he still lived a little bit longer. That's how I seen the scene. She was going there knowing she was gonna die. She told B- Fina goodbye <laughs> she didn't know what was gonna happen. She never used a stone. Nobody's ever. They've never established the stone killed anybody in the past. They just say it looks like it does. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing technically technically the White Witch didn't die from you. Nobody they they don't have <laughs> no record of it. It was an assumption. But it, it, I am not saying all that to get on the people that are angry about the ending. I love that people responded and let me know that this was an issue because it was fascinating seeing it was fascinating seeing how other people portrayed that scene and I portrayed it completely different. I thought it was a I don't need to be I don't need Fina to die to, or these uh, added to die to make that show suddenly grander. Like it, it I don't know what this requirement for characters to die to make a show impactful.
1: Like I said before, I, to me, it, it subverted my expectations because I was fully expecting her to die by the end of the show. I was not expecting Finaid, or, I'm sorry, Izetta to live at, I, past the end of the show. I didn't see it, and. To have her actually survive, that was a pleasant surprise for me. I thought it was a kind of a happy little ending. I like happy endings, so... You
0: no. Know what? In my opinion, I think it was still a very sad ending. It was a bittersweet mm-hmm. ending. She's literally crippled. I mean, we, for all we know, she could be... Bittersweet, like a veg- is, a be- bittersweet is a better answer. I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. It, I mean, for all I know, she could be a vegetable. vegetable. She's mm-hmm. not running around frolicking. It's not like they're going out shopping. She's literally... She gave up her quote-unquote life... Of running around being happy To save the world And I thought that was a really Again We all different how people portray a scene And I thought that's kind of What they were kind of saying there But Yeah you can chop it up As the writer did this This show and this show And then he did the same thing In those ones And I know that's true But I got a different thing out of that So Taro's yokai picture book I think we mentioned it In our spoiler talk about that But the, the mirror episode And the present episode Were just absolutely Heartwarming and Great So Yeah Um, we did talk about uh, Lostress Incited sauce in our spoiler talk as well. This is going to be a quick one, too, because we pretty much talked about it once Oh, we can get into Magical Girl Rising Project, because when we talked about this in the spoiler talk, it was just before the episode where they killed uh, (laughs) the, or, let me, let me, me, I killed the Kurt! Again, spoilers for Magical Girl Rising Project. This is like full-on spoilers for the ending we got to the point where they were just about to fight... Uh, well, Swim Swim and... Um,
1: Tama. An girl, Tama. Yeah. We're just Cranberry. about to
0: fight... And technically, one of the Angel Girls uh, was about to fight Cranberry. And the Angel Girl got taken out pretty quickly. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was literally like... Uh, we our, our response in that entire episode was like, Okay, Tama's dying. Even though I don't want Tama to die, Tama's totally dead. And we we're talking about... Well, do we think Swim Swim's gonna win, or do we think Cranberry's gonna win? Because then Swim Swim's gonna. Oh, well, we. And then I thought about it afterwards. I was like, No. I I thought about it afterwards. I like, I don't know why I said that because technically they built up this fight between uh, Swim Swim and uh, uh, Ninja Girl. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting all the names. You totally threw me they off s- when you said Ninja Girl. I I almost said her name too. But they were spoke. They were they were setting up this vengeance story. So I knew that they had to fight. So I'm like, Cranberry's dead. I don't even know why I was even hinting at it. But no, how Cranberry died was like, no
1: way. I came from left field. I was, I was absolutely blown away. I,
0: I <laughs> and it's, it's really one of those moments where you're like, well, I was wondering what would happen if that digging ability actually <laughs> was used on a person. And that was literally bad. That was gore bad. She that literally exploded in half, and like half her body turns back and on the ground. I was ugh, but now I once again hate the show because of what happens right after that. I was like, I was literally like, Tama, just just kill Swim Swim right now. You need to kill Swim Swim right now,
1: Poor baby. She's just too sweet. She goodbye, was too Nick. pure for that. She she did not need to be there. Ugh.
0: And then it goes on, right, yeah, it goes right in the whole frustration with Swim. So if you if you all didn't guess where my frustration with that when we were reviewing it, Swim Swim was the reason why I hated most of that show, even though I wanted to like that show. Swim Swim was this nasty stain in there. Well, at
1: least uh, you can think of it this way: if they have any more seasons, Swim Swim
0: will never be in it again. Mm. Not if they do like a reset thing. I know I'm wondering if they they're gonna won't do a reset. Reset thing. no. They are totally. They're going gonna do move reset. from so, from area to area. No, so what it hurts what it hurts is they are actually talking about or when I apparently this happens with every show. Directors come out and say, Yeah, I would love to do more of this show. But Hearing people talk about the fact that this is supposed to be like the weakest part of the entire story, and this is like a technically a prologue to what is the good story of Magical Raising Mountain. it's like give me more then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm interested. Give me more.
1: Well, um, it sounded
0: like she was going from
1: from city to city and and she encroaching was on other yeah. other groups uh,
0: zones. So, I think that's where we'll get into the, the Magical yeah. Magica thing. Yeah, I, I kind of see that kind of coming. Madoka Magica yeah Madoka Magica had the whole territorial thing oh. and uh, what's her face was stepping into it and making them mad um or she wanted to take over the area that Udusai! I guess that's spoiler me, I'm gonna Udusai that out because I just jumped right into a spoiler from Madoka Magica um but yeah uh, I guess the other part of that the other cool thing that they had in that whole thing was uh the how they finished off the last girl the uh, Not the last girl, the five, because it was really cool. Because I always thought, how are they going to have her her power be at all involved in the fight? And it's like literally everybody dies before she even shows up. So I'm like, okay, I guess she's not going to get involved in the fighting. But she ends up hearing. Fav panicking because he's in danger. And he's like, oh no, there's that weapon that could actually destroy me. And it was like, oh, that's actually cool. They actually... And of course, he never actually tells her to use it. So it ended up being useless anyways. But you got to see him panicking and hear his inner monologue of being fearful of the situation. Uh, let see here. Am totally the Sega Slayer? I think the only thing that really kind of mentioned there, and it's, it's semi-spoiler, but uh, I my favorite scene in that entire show is probably the, the later parts where you have Matt Chewy is going to basically go somewhere that is very important. And the father, her father kind of knows what she's going to do. And it involves the mother. And he still lets her go. And as she's leaving, they kind of do this whole thing of like, oh, well, I'm off to the store. And he's like, yeah, okay, you have fun at the store. But they both know. And he just kind of, after she kind of gets over the leaves the site she he just kind of breaks down right in front of their house and it was like wow my toy the sacred slayer kind of got me teary-eyed i didn't actually expect them to pull that off so yeah that was it was pretty that was pretty strong um let's see here gundam iron-blooded orphans season two <laughs> we're kind of behind like two episodes but uh yeah that first kind of arc of the second season was eh and they got in the whole battle that uh, Ashton and, and uh, Takaki was involved with. And they were kind of getting played. And they were freaking death flagging the hell out of one of them. Like, one of them was going to die because it was, like, death flags left and right for the last, like, three episodes. Um, but it didn't make it any <laughs> less painful to kind of watch Takaki and, and Fuka kind of break down his response to... As what happened, but also the kind of following that up, having the entire Tekodon kind of leave Takake to make the judgment on the guy that was kind of involved with, uh, you know, running him around and making them fight this war. And that, that was, was actually semi-satisfying. Satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say that, but it but. was. It was. Not, I mean, it, most of that show has been pretty brutal. Like, I mean, from the first episode when he had like the guy uh, fight. Mika and he just comes out of his thing and just shoots the guy. It was like or when they when they took over the the facility and made it to Takadan, they basically started executing all the old guys and it was like this show's like holding nothing back. They've been put through hell. I mean, they were basically slaves these guys and they just kind of took over and just start shooting them. It's it's this show's always been brutal and to have that kind of moment to to make a judgment. Yeah. I, I agree. It's very satisfying but at the same time very brutal. <laughs> these are technically children. Um, let's see. You wanna do? Let's see here. I don't really want to cover anything there. Ninja Girl, Samurai Master, A Cult Nine, Cultic Nine. I can finally talk about Cultic Nine. We couldn't. I couldn't talk about it during our our spoiler discussion because Chris hadn't watched it yet. But full on spoilers for Cultic Nine. The thing I was dancing around for most of the time. Well, I guess I kind of covered it with you kind of gritting your teeth the entire time. Was Miyu and Chizu's everything involving Miyu and Chizu was like heartbreaking because of course uh chizu died and this very spoiled kid literally is trying to he's he's like gets everything he wants and he knows that kids can't be thrown in jail and he just kind of does whatever he wants and so he starts boxing bodies inside of or putting bodies inside these little things that will allow them to grant them a wish or something like that and puts chizu's body in one of those boxes and Miyu, of course, finds it, and then later on finds it again and is confronted by the kid who basically tells him that, yeah, it was just just very detrimental. And, of course, uh, Azura showed up, and she could hear her screams through the radio, and it was very, very strong scene. I, and they, they did the whole... Uh, what do they call it? I, I made a joke about it on Twitter at some point. It was the, the mutual... The mutual discovery or something like that is where you, they, if you acknowledge something doesn't exist as a ghost in your possession, it then disappears. That was the part of it. That's why when he lifted her hair out of the box and cut it, she then realized that her hair is no longer on her corpse and it disappeared on her head. Did you get that whole thing? It was the same thing with the keys he had the key and then he I realized that he disappeared because he acknowledged that he didn't have it
1: yeah i i kind of caught it and kind of didn't catch it so yeah, it's fine
0: yeah it was funny because somebody somebody uh somebody had cracked a joke about it and i responded to it i wanted to talk about it here but i totally forgot about it i know what you're talking about i just i don't remember i don't remember what it was called yeah <laughs> no i found the joke um I was talking about, when I when I finished the show, I, I posted on Twitter saying, I really like this show. I, I'm surprised how much I enjoy it. I know everybody hates it, but um, I most said that... Everybody, I, most everybody said the same thing as you, is that it, it felt too rushed. It needed to be 24 episodes. It just really feels like they sped it up just to match, match, match it into 24, or 12 episodes. But a myth bus Man replied to my tweet saying, they never explained why her bus was unneedingly big, though. Which, talking about, of course, the... the the big mountains in that show, and I, <laughs> I reply that mutual recognition. Obviously, somebody in their party technically is really good at mutual recognition, and so we can thank him for. It. He probably thought her chest size into existence, and that was my joke for it.
1: Well, he is special after all. She's seen that she said, he was
0: special. Yeah, he, he, she said that she. Uh, she specifically points out that he is special because he. Gave Uh, her big chest. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) She's like, it's hard to get around in, but I had to get a whole new clothes, but it works out. So it's fine. But yeah, I thought the the mutual recognition was a really cool thing they kind of threw in there because they they first kind of technically explored it. And the idea of the key disappearing because he realized that he didn't technically have it. The same thing happened with the sound radio thing that he had. He realized that he didn't have it and thus it disappeared. Um, and then realizing, trying to force yourself to know that he had it in his hand, he felt the key in his hand, thus making it exist again because he knew that he had, for a fact, in it in his hand. It was those are the kind of things that I kind of liked in the show. I and mean, as much as everybody hated the show, there was the, those theory crafting that they were kind of jumping into with Tesla and his daughter and all that kind of stuff was still really really cool. I liked what they were doing with that show. That's what kind of fascinated. And I still acknowledged everything that everybody hated about the show. It is I enjoyed it enough that it kind of circumvented it or whatever you want to call it. So Yeah, hate me for it. <laughs> and they kind of point out the manga writer was technically had to have died or had out of body experiences at least to allow her to see the future and be able to jump back and, and draw. I thought that was kind of a cool little twist towards the end there too. So anything in Occultic Nine you wanna bring up? No. Good. You, you hated it? We're going to talk about it in a review. You'll, you'll get you'll get Chris's perspective of it soon enough. <laughs> Let's see here, Poco. Let me make sure that I didn't have anything else in there. Yeah, I like that they actually did a Ozzy reference on that move that show too. Yeah, I guess you can cover Pocos. I don't know. Only like five different things there. Yeah, I,
1: I I went crazy. I I had a hard time, so I actually had to make a second line for it. I loved the episode at the the Fishing by the Lighthouse. Really touching scene. Um, Nei-chun saving Poco from the bridge. It was one of those moments of her kind of cu- kind of leveling up in her, her character and uh, going out there and kind of proving to uh, Poco, per se, that he, she could be a mom. Um, there, the pineapples in the greenhouse absolutely... Tear jerky moment of uh, Kind of a dad Being stubborn and not telling What he how much he truly Cares for for his son Great moment Um, What do I got here ears and tail I'm assuming that's yeah it's just a Dream that's where the guy seen The ears and tails and and uh, uh, The main guy Puts a puts a Blinder on him To make it to where he thinks That it's all a dream Great little scene uh drawings on the wall kind of uh a parallel between uh uh Poco and and the main guy so that he he could uh see that he was just the same way as Poco was in in, in his kit childhood um the de- desperate search for Poco when Poco disappears and and main guy goes f- freaking out looking for him great scene especially when he finds him. Um, who cares if Poco is different? Oh, the parallels with the, um, the other guy, when he was, um, he was trying to confront the main guy and saying, Hey, I know what I seen, uh, with Poco. He had ears and a tail and the main guy says, look, what difference does it make? Who cares if, if he's different? And then he realizes that in, in his past, when he was, he was a little bit different in their work environment. Nobody wanted to accept him because he was different, and the guy said the exact same thing for him. So that was a good little parallel. Um, Nachon realizing or announcing that she was she was going to be a mom, and she was worried about whether or not she would be a good mom. And Poco makes the memory come back of um, the mom telling the uh, telling little Nachon that. Yes, she's going to be a good mom just like her, and, and it was a great little scene. And I'm going to add on to it. The last scene in the last episode, um, Poco uh, showing memories of the dad and how how Poco came to be and how uh, the main character, his dad, actually did love him and all that stuff. It was great. I love the show. I think it an uh,
0: excellent show. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, the other one we have here is uh, Saniphonium. I guess we can hit sanophonium real quick. Yeah, because I think we covered most of the, uh, WWE working on our spoiler talk.
1: And you except haven't for the, catched up with, except with, with the last episode.
0: Except for the last episode, it was pretty strong. Yeah, because I'm doing other things that are very important right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Xenophonium, yeah. I I think we covered most of these ones. I think the only one are going to be really big are the later parts. They drew a parallel between Oscar and the sister, which was really emotional. The just everything that was involved with Oscar towards the later parts was really really strong. And them playing for the seniors, they leave and and oh her telling Oscar that she doesn't I want was her in to tears leave. I
1: most of that entire
0: episode. <laughs> that was a really really excellent last episode, but. Uh, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. I'm still upset though that we didn't even get the last thing in performance. Like Kiony has never done the same like that, and they did a stupid. <laughs> there, okay. There was two. Bi- I can admit when Kiony screws up. As much as I fanboy over them, I will admit when I and I will point out when they screw up. One was in the first season when they were doing the dance of the the parade. I acknowledged that it was to <laughs> yes, CG, and I even point out or Chris I think pointed out Actually, before I did. I did yeah. I try to ignore it, but they did like this whole, you know, montage of showing you know their entire history with the third the, the third years that are now leaving, and they show this thing in CG, and I was like, you could have just not showed that particular clip. And also, I was annoyed at the fact that they totally skipped their last performance. Like, you, this is like the everything has been the last two cores has been built up to this one performance. Um, technically, all the performances up to that point are really it, but. This is the one that is gold or not, and they didn't even show it. I'm like, what the hell? You didn't even show the performance they lost on. Everything rides on this one performance, and you didn't even show it. Oh well, that's that's it. That's the end of my rant. Just, I'll, I'll live. It's still a beautiful second season. I'm I'm very happy with how it turned out. Um, I okay, guess so on Yuri on ice, anything with JJ in it, JJ style. There you go. There's your best moments of Uriah on Ice. It's J.J. style. No, it wasn't. Yes, J.J. was the best part of that entire show. I no, loved him. No, he wasn't. Yes. No. Don't hate on my I love for J.J. Hey, I, Don't hey I'm going to say,
1: I, I was actually going to point out, Okay, J.J. came a long way. I hated him at first. Could not stand him, but I did end up liking him at the end. But come on.
0: Character he is not the best part of the show. Yes, <laughs> And no, no, it's not the girl from the first couple no. episodes, Chris. It's not the I girl completely from the first forgot <laughs> about her to tell you the truth. She was voiced by the girl from, from uh My Hero Academia. She had a cute voice. Oh, or or something. Anything else for our greatest moments? I, shelter was amazing. Everything about Shelter was amazing. Go watch it's that. It's only six moments minutes. Six moments. Six minutes. Six moments? Six minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Everything everything about that six minutes is amazing. What? So, yeah. Anyways, I guess we're I guess we're done. That's that's all of our best moments of the 2016. Now, like I said, a lot of this stuff is kind of covered in our spoiler discussions with other seasons. And I don't, don't want to sit here and repeat a lot of things, but there's stuff that I wanted to cover that we didn't cover. So Chris is clicking around like he's gonna find something that he wants to talk about. I done? there was something I was looking for, but
1: yeah, it's okay. Go ahead, keep going. I wasn't trying. No, to I don't
0: care them. about your scorching ping pong girls and how you like every moment that has Doki hey. Doki in it. Hey, Doki Doki is awesome. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of our 2016 deliberations, really just covering our greatest moments of 2016 for anime. A lot of really fun moments. A lot of it was front-loaded in those first two seasons, but we had some great moments throughout the year, uh, nonetheless. And we hope you guys enjoyed. And, uh, again, we're at TakuSpirit.com. You can go there for our news reviews and covers new all anime, as well as our wonderful community in the forum. Links at the top. Social media links on the right side. And I guess we do have one more part coming up but it will be later in january it'll be where we basically jump into what the community has chosen for their favorites and uh we'll probably have a wrap-up for what we decided during this entire time in case people didn't want to listen to all this crap but we hope you guys aren't sick of us because i have listened to some other deliberations throughout the last couple weeks of different podcasts and i feel i get sick of them so i'm probably sure many people are getting sick of me so we thank you guys for listening to all these segments We hope you guys enjoyed all these releases and uh, it turned out great. And at
1: least we're generally consistent. We're consistently bad. So it works out.
0: You'll take care. Oh! I